Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast on YouTube. Subscribe there. You can watch the video portion there. And then also you can find it on uh, anywhere you can get your podcast, Spotify, um, iTunes, anywhere you can get your podcast, uh, you can find When the Scriptures Become Real. Also, we'd like you guys to go like the new Facebook page. Um, obviously, we've gotten a to talk and chat with you guys and get to know you guys a little bit more. So um, if you have questions or, or anything, you can keep up with the podcast on the Facebook page. All right. So let's get into what we're talking about today. As you can see, uh, it's a different view. <laughs> I'm not just by myself behind the desk. Uh, and I also have somebody else here with me. So um, I have my friend Avery here and we're going to uh, let him introduce himself and then we'll get started with today's podcast. Hey, man, I am super happy to be here. Uh, the name's Avery Hackney. I uh, went to school with, with Jordan for a little bit there. Uh, we overlapped for about a year. That's um, right, a 20, we did. Yeah, 2016 graduate of uh, Memphis School of Preaching, um, and I'm working at the Arnold Church of Christ. Uh, for ease ease of uh, understanding, we'll, <laughs> we'll say it's in St. Louis. It's not quite in St. Louis, but I work at the Arnold Church of Christ. I uh, primarily work with youth, but I also do the pulpit there as well. Yeah, I'm glad to have Avery. It's always good to have, um, you know, guys that you know in the area. Um, you know, Avery always helped, you know, when I came into school and in summer school. So I appreciate him and uh, what he's doing there at Arnold. All right. So let's get to our topic. So what we're going to talk about today um, is the dark side of faith. So when you think about that, obviously, we got a Star Wars vibe going on talking about the dark <laughs> right. side here. But I, I saw this yesterday, bro, and I thought this was kind of a great introduction to uh, kind of the dark side of faith. So I heard someone say yesterday that sometimes you will experience the storms of life, even when you're doing what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So he went on to say that most people and check, this is crazy. He said, most people and most Christians are stoppable, not unstoppable. Most are stoppable. All you got to do is tell them no, mm -hmm. or all you got to do is make life a little bit inconvenient for them. And they'll stop. Well, I, I've been using faith. I've been listening to what my youth minister said. I've been listening to what, you know, the, the, the minister and the elders. I'm trying to grow, but things just aren't working out. All you got to do is make things hard, make them stop, and then they're stoppable. And so he also said, little do they know, this is actually a part of the process of faith. So if we want better and we want better things, you know, things tend to get worse you know, if we want better. Yeah. So, I mean, as we talk about faith, let's, let's kind of introduce this. What's this side of faith that we're talking about? Obviously we understand, you know, faith rewards, but also faith isn't always easy, man. No, it's not. And I've got to first, I've got to just say this. I was so excited <laughs> when I heard this topic, I was so excited because let's go. Our, so, I mean, for me, I am so sick and tired of even ministers within the church painting a fairy tale that yes, doesn't exist. That is it, bro. I mean, it, it really kills the youth because like you're saying, it's not always a cakewalk. It's not, not always ready. easy. And they're not ready. And you know, James is written for a reason. James chapter one, you know, mm. when you face trials, when you face temptation, if you're successful in being, you know, faithful mm. throughout those, that's when it is profitable. That's it. Um, but if you just tell people like, hey, if you just become a Christian, everything is always going to be all right. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, 
it's not that we're preaching a prosperity gospel. Right. It's not that, and I'm not saying, you know, we, I'm talking about within the confines of the church. It's not that I see a lot of ministers promising financial prosperity, but it's just kind of this broad brush of, hey, just become a Christian. It's always going to be all right. That's it. And that's not in your Bibles. And it's not, it's not the case. And, and what happens is at times we can almost inadvertently set people up for failure. Oh, yeah. Because, well, if we do this, then your, your life is going to work out just automatically. That's not, there's a process and there's a, there's a part of faith. And this is what we're going to talk about today. There's a part of faith that's hard. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that part of faith when preached is not discussed at all. Oh, yeah. And so as we talk, and I was excited once I was like, bro, I think we need to, we need to do <laughs> yeah. something like this. Absolutely. So I think we need to discuss this so we can learn um, how to grow a little bit more. And so what we need to do, we need to let people know and the scripture will that the road to exercising this is the right road, but it's not an easy road. Right. So as, as we're going to talk about this, we're going to look at the dark side of faith. And so I'm, 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 I'm excited, I'm, bro. I'm, ready. I'm excited. Let's All right. So let's look at the first one. So the first point is faith at times as we follow, right? As we listen, as we grow, faith at times can make things more complicated. Mm-hmm. So I'm reminded of um, Exodus chapter four, right? And again, if you're new to the podcast, open up your Bibles with us. You can check it. You can take these notes. You can kind of follow along with what we're talking about and you can go back and check for yourself. But I'm reminded of, uh, you know, Exodus chapter four, well, three and four, really. Sometimes when we follow God, things will become more complicated than when we started. So I'm reminded, and I know you're going to have an example here as well, but I'm reminded of Moses. So after Moses kills that Egyptian in Egypt Mm -hmm. and he goes off to Midian and he's there for those 40 years. Think about this, y'all. Think about his life. Bro's got a family. Bro's he's he's comforted. Everything's okay. And he also has a good stable job as a shepherd. And then guess who calls him? God. See, sometimes to exercise faith, we have to get out of our comfort zone. So no wonder we have we literally have a whole chapter of Moses saying, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. And God said, No, you're gonna go. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go. And so when we think about that, bro, sometimes for us, and we know this subconsciously, I believe. That if I do this, if I listen to the word, if I try to grow, if I try to develop, I'm going to have to do stuff that my family's not doing. I'm going to have to do stuff that my friends aren't doing. And I don't know if I want to, I want to risk that. You see what I'm saying? As you go through that. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's a great example of Moses. And I have like, you know, a couple things, you know, a couple points that I wanted to go to. I wanted to save some for later. But I can't, oh, we're gonna go I, can't, I can't save it for <laughs> we're gonna use it all. But this is a great topic because, I mean, basically all the prophets dealt with the same thing. That's it. It's like, oh, it's not always easy. Um, and you're going to have to sacrifice. And the first thing immediately that I thought of um, about this point was Paul. Paul mm. standing before Agrippa. He stood, he stood before Felix, and then he stood before Agrippa um, in Acts in, in about chapter 26. And Agrippa essentially asked him, like, why are you doing this, man? It's like, you're a Roman citizen. You're well-educated. Why does Christ mean something to you? Right. And so, uh, which I don't know, you probably heard Michael Shepard say it, uh, name drop. But <laughs> but he said, when the world thought King Agrippa had Paul on trial, Paul had King Agrippa on trial mm. under the banner of God. 
and he flips it and he says, why wouldn't it mean so much to me? It means the world to me. Oh, and he just right. like, he, he explains to him, like, I know you're a good man. I know you, you understand the prophets. Here's why I believe. Here's why I'm sacrificing. Here's why I give up my Roman citizenship. Here's why I give up my prominence. You know, I used to be somebody. I used to be uh, the, a leader in the Jewish faith, but I've given that up, and here's why. Mm. And he explains it. But I wanted to point out um, another example of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 9, um, when starting in verse number 57, going down to 62, which I won't read the whole thing, but you have three guys asking to follow Christ, essentially, in that, in that section. And the first one right out of the gate, uh, in verse 57, and as they were going along the road, someone said, I will follow you wherever you go. <laughs> All right, that's the profession of faith. I believe in you. I, I trust in you. I'm going to be a Christian. And Jesus doesn't even address basically what he says. All he says is uh, foxes have holes <laughs> and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You want to do this. That's the end of the story. We don't know anything don't know. else about that man. Yep. But Christ comes out of the gate by saying, it's not always convenient. It's not always easy. No, sir. It's like, that's the first thing. It's like, you think this is going to be easy. I heard what you said. I heard that you believe. Can you back it up? Mm. It's not always easy. Before you keep going, let me. So right there, bro, right there, verse 57. When we all obeyed the gospel, that's what we said. We Mm -hmm. said to Christ, Lord, I will follow you. That's what we said baptism isn't just a well you know it's it's not like a time clock where oh what we're good so we just got to wait till the lord comes back Mm -hmm. that's just the beginning of the journey of faith so now verse 58 now jesus is responding to us and he's saying okay foxes they're taken care of everybody else the birds are taken care of but i don't so if i don't are you prepared not to Mm I mean, it's really something with discipleship that we really got to start teaching. Yeah, and you've got to you've got to weigh it out. And I think, personally, in my ministry, I see a lot of young people that graduate high school, mm. and they don't know what is entailed in the profession. That's it. Christ explained what the profession means. He goes, uh, the profession of faith, I should say. He said, "I will follow you." And he said, "Wait a second. Do you know what that means?" And I'm, I'm reminded of the example that Christ gives concerning the cost of discipleship when he says, do, if you're going to build a tower, do you not first sit down and count the cost? It. And, you know, it's it's funny. And I, in my town that I grew up in in Alabama, there was a house on the outskirts of town. And it was a beautiful house. It was like ginormous house on a beautiful plot of land, big mile-long driveway, trees on either side of the driveway. Roll tide. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Roll tide. It was a beautiful, beautiful house. But there was not a piece of siding on that house. Mm. And as far as I know, to this day, there's still not a piece of siding on this house. And everybody in town knew which house it was. Because in Alabama, you you talk in directions by like, hey, turn left at the tree. Yeah. You don't just tell them like street <laughs> landmarks. Yeah, yeah, you do it by landmarks. <laughs> and so everybody's like, oh, you know, the house with no siding. And what had happened in that scenario is the guy built this giant house, beautiful driveway, you know, great plot of land. But he ran out of money. And he didn't have enough for the siding to put on the house. And so it was like seeing that example and then reading about the cost of discipleship and this example given in Luke. It's like we all want to make the profession. We all want to do it. Yeah, we all want to do it. That's the framework. That's it. That's the framework. That's That's not the completed picture. 
you know, and, and it's like we want we want a house so bad, but a house without shingles is going to leak. You know, a house without doors and windows is going to get cold in the winter. Mm-hmm. And that's when I see these young people going off into college and they're challenged. And then they don't know what to do. Buckle. They don't know what to do. They buckle. It's like, I thought this was going to be easy. I thought, but how easy is it when you're sitting in a, a classroom in, in college and your faith is challenged and you're in a minority mm. and you might be the only person? Like, that's when you that, talk about building on your faith. That's, when, that's when the foundation is put to the test and all that you've built on is put to the test. Oh, so, oh I love man. it. Bro, and then. Um, you know, even when you keep walking through that text, you know, Jesus is talking about like verse 61, another example, someone else came and said, Lord, I will follow thee. But first, (laughs) now this is now this is what you saw what you saw. This is what I see. Everybody has the right intentions. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. And I I truly believe if you ask everybody, I mean, no matter what age, do you want to go to heaven? everybody's going to raise their hand yeah. and I believe them yeah. truly. Oh, I, yeah. I believe them, but, but this is the attitude that we have at times right here in verse 61. Yeah, I'll do it. But first, mm-hmm. let me get my life straight. First, let me get my career straight. First, let me find it first. Let, whoa, wait a second. The Lord will help you get those things that you're concerned about. Matthew six thirty three. Sure. But he's saying here, verse 62, no man, having his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So it's always, again, it's always a, a moving forward. And as we talk about faith at times can make things more complicated. This is what complicates it. What complicates it is, I don't know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, the requirements of what you're in now, now that's why it's so easy for people to question. Well, I don't know if I really want to. Yeah. That's why it's easy for people to just, well, I'll just show up to worship. That That's the best I, I could just show up. Yeah. But wait a second. You've made your choice, bro. You've already made your choice. I know, man. That That's that's just the, the thing about it, man. People jump into something and then when they realize. Get out there. Get deep, out real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like Peter, you know, Peter jumping out of the boat. Yep. But hey, I'm going to walk to you, Lord. I got it. And then when his knees start to sink. You start buckling. Goes, oh, wait, 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 wait. Save me. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> and that's what a lot of people do with their faith. Uh, they don't realize, uh, you know, what it takes and when it gets complicated. And there is no but first, let me. Mm-hmm. It's it's all or nothing. You're either a Christian or you're not. You know, that was the same thing that was said to Paul. You know, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You can't put your you can't put your hands on the plow and look back. It's like you're changing. You're you're in a new life. Now, moving forward, I'm not like, you know, for instance, if I was a, a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, whatever my profession is, I'm not a lawyer first. I'm not a doctor first. I'm not a student first. I'm not an athlete first. I'm a Christian. That's it. That is an athlete. I'm a Christian that is a doctor. I'm a Christian that is a lawyer. You know, that's the first thing. Yeah. There is no but first let me. Because Christ said, hey, well, you don't get it. Sorry, you don't get Ooh, it. And let me bring this up as a side note before we keep going. Um, when you talked about faith at times can make things more complicated. Sometimes I think, again, like Jesus said, the cost of discipleship in Luke here, sometimes we can have a false view of what Jesus is going to do for us mm-hmm. if we if we follow him. So you got verses Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 7, right? Ask and it shall be given unto you, all this stuff. So if I'm faithful, if I work hard, if I sacrifice, if I, if I live right, if I discipline myself, everything at my job is going to work out. Everything at school is going to work out. Everything in my personal life and personal relationships are going to work out because, 
But here's the thing. And going back to that original quote, this guy said, he said, sometimes when things become inconvenient, when you're doing the right stuff, that's what makes people quit. So this is the flip side of that, bro. The flip side is we have people and young people that are really trying. They're really trying hard. And I know those guys in college, they're really trying. But when they try and it's still not working out as it was before, before they tried, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't think I was going to be rejected. That's a part of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, That's a part of it. In Matthew 11, verse number 11, Christ is talking about John the Baptizer. He goes, Never was one of a woman born better than John. Why was John beheaded? Why was John clothed in camel hair? Why did he eat locusts? Why did he live in the wilderness? Why? What did John do? He was a great man. He's a great guy. Great guy. Great best guy. guy. <laughs> I mean, like Jesus said, he's the best guy. Like, it's not even an argument. <laughs> better than the prophets, better than Moses, better than Abraham. Why didn't it work out for John? Mm. And then you're reminded about what God said to Job. It rains on the just and the unjust. That's it. Right. It's like, there. I never promised you uh, a perfect life here. Mm -mm. Now, I want to read something else in Revelation. If you go to Revelation 2, probably one of the most uh, quotable verses in Revelation, Revelation 2.10, right? Yep. And here's what people read. Uh, the end of verse 10. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. And then they close the book. Mm. Read the rest of read the verse. The <laughs> Christ says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. All right. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, testing of your faith that we talked about in James, for 10 days. And that 10 is a, is a you know, an in, uh, it's not an actual 10 days, but it's a long period of time. It's a perfect number. You will have tribulation. That was what the promise was. That's it. He goes, hey, if you want this reward you in the go next life, this. you've got to go through suffering, prison, testing, and tribulation. Mm. And nobody reads the first part of the verse. We just read, be faithful. We're <laughs> like, hey, I'm, I'm faithful, man. I'm, I'm going to services. I'm studying my Bible. Why aren't things working out for me? That's it. Well, why didn't they work out for John? And ultimately, why didn't they work out for Christ? Oh, he man. went to his own and his own received him not, man. I mean, it's not about here. It's about there. Mm. And when we talk and when the and I, we have to talk about this as we as we develop this idea. When you talk about suffering. Suffering is not just things are not working out for you. That's just misfortune. Yeah. That's misfortune. So when people think, well, this isn't working at my job or personally, that's just that's just personal misfortune. When we talk about suffering, we're talking about because of your dedication to Christ, things will happen to you. Yeah. People will people will leave your company. People that were close will leave your company. That's suffering. Yeah. We're not talking about things not working out for you. That's just misfortune. When he talks about suffering here, he's talking about because of your commitment to me, because of you being different. That's the type of suffering that you're going to have to go through that in order to get this reward if you want it, bro. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, that you, you mentioned earlier the word inconvenience. That's it. Um, the word inconvenience, to me at least, it sounds like there's nothing uh, making that happen, that it's mm -hmm. an accident. Yeah. But sometimes as a Christian, you know exactly why you're suffering. <laughs> yep. And, and that goes back to the example that we, we went over of Paul standing before Agrippa. He knew exactly why. And, you know, in 1 Corinthians 15, 
Paul said, if we have hope in Christ in this life alone, we are most miserable. Yeah. If we don't have something else, we're most miserable in this life. He knew exactly what this inconvenience was. It wasn't a, a guess like, man, I don't know why. He said, I do know why. Yeah. I do know why the Pharisees hate me. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a question. It's like, I, I know why people hate me, oh, but I'm, I'm going to be faithful I'm going to anyway. do it anyway. I'm not scared of it. Here's the last thing I want to bring up on this point for me. So as we talked about faith at times can make, you see how complicated things can get so quick. Faith at times can make things more complicated. Now, here's the last thing I want to bring up on this point. Sometimes going back to Luke 10, Revelation 2, instead of exercising that faith that we're talking about, right? Sometimes instead of exercising that faith, just like Moses did and just like Jonah did, it's so it's so much easier to run away. Yeah. So think about this for a second, bro. Me and you, right? We're, we're friends. But let's say you're a Christian and I'm not. But I see that you have standards for your life. I see that, you know, you're you're really trying. You're not perfect. And you know that you're not. And you, you tell me that you're not. But you're trying your best to live to this. And you're always going to follow this. But I'm not following it. So if we're, if we're friends, but the stuff that you do, I know that I don't know if I can do that. Mm. I just don't know if I can. I can hang with Avery because I, I know what Avery's going to do. I know how he's going to react. I know what he's going to say if this happens. I know it. So why do you think I go away from you? Because I know I can't or I'm not willing to try. Yeah. That's why we have so many, so many things just not work. And obviously that's why there's, the Bible says there's always a natural separation of people because people know, yeah. man, if I hang around Avery, I know I can't. But if I hang around this Christian, I know I can do what I want to do. Yeah. You see, that is dangerous and we run. Yeah. I, I love, this might be a stretch, but in the wake of Christ, and I believe it's John 7, I, I didn't write this reference down. I think it's John 7. There is large groups of people listening to Christ mm -hmm. and everybody comes away with a different that's it perspective. And then Ooh. they break down. And it, I, I believe that's John 7. I think, yeah. Uh, Let's double check that. Yeah, because I, I would really love to read the verse oh. reference. Yeah, the div that's right. The division. division among the people. That's it, yeah. Yes, and watch this, verse 40. They heard these words. They all heard the same message. They heard these words. Some said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. Some said, is Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village of David? So there was a division among the people because over him. Because of him. It's like, that's what we do today. It's like, we have some people that are fully devoted. Fully, yeah. That's and it. then we have some people, you know, it's not a bad thing to call Christ the prophet. That's a, that's a compliment. Yeah, that's what so he then was. then you have like the, the middle of the rotors. They're like, I'm not as committed as that guy. I'm going to hang with these people that are like kind of unsure. That's it. Just like me. And then you have the people uh, in the end of this story, the Pharisees in verse, uh, you know, starting verse 45, and they were accusing him of being a demon. So you have three divisions in the people. There was a division among them. There's still a division today. Oh. You have the fully committed. You have the people who will buckle under pressure. And then you have the people that don't want to touch it. Mm. And that's what, and again, that's what hits our, our especially our young folks. They know this. They know if they live this way, man, no one's going to want to be around me like that. No one's going to be. So now they make that choice 
to choose this other let me well let me just stick with them mm-hmm. because at least i'll have company yeah and that's why bro that's why when we talk about the dark side of faith every faithful man and woman that's ever lived at one point in their life had to walk alone yeah every daniel uh shadrach meshach and abednego oh absolutely walk alone abram had to walk alone david had to walk alone when saul was after him jesus the disciples forsook him and fled when you exercise faith even among the people of god and that's what hurts the most man and you know when you are trying to follow christ among the people of god and you still got to walk by yourself bro that i mean it hurts but that's the part of faith i don't want to call it the dark side but in terms of what we're talking about that's the side of it that we don't like to talk about as much so again so number one so faith at times as we talk about this things can become way more complicated oh yeah all right so then number two so before we move on if you want to support the podcast you can go to anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real and you can support the podcast monthly there we already have three supporters we're so thankful for you guys that support the podcast if you want to know more you can go on anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real and you can support the podcast there all right so two as we move forward the dark side of faith then number two faith at times makes the road unclear so yeah. we're walking this road together bro <laughs> we're walking and things are already hard things have gotten actually worse to yeah. be honest with you things have gotten worse and then as i'm walking the road becomes way more unclear you know you ever drive down like a you know those alabama roads those, <laughs> those country roads maybe where you are and you're driving in the morning and it's just straight fog yeah so you can only see that little bit of light that's that's in front of you you can see a little bit of light that's behind you but literally i mean you can see unless you know where you're going you can't see anything and so when we talk about faith at times makes the road unclear faith is a wonderful path it's it's, a, it's an amazing path but as you exercise it it continues to get foggy but here's the here's the trick that satan loves to get us with when you do what the world wants you to do Sometimes it gives you the facade that this is exactly where you need to go. Mm-hmm. It's an easier, more or less inconvenient path. But faith is so much more unclear. So as we talk about this, what what do you what comes to mind as you think about Man. faith makes the road unclear, bro? Let me introduce you to a guy. <laughs> Genesis chapter twelve. I want you to meet my friend Abraham. Oh, that's it. Verse one: The Lord said to Abraham, "Go forth from your country. Go from your country." And from your kindred and your father's house, aka all your comfort zones, to a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And then verse three, you will bless I will bless those who bless you and dishonor those who dishonor you. I'll curse you and all the I will I will curse those who dishonor you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay, we always think about Abraham in that immediate context. Right. You explain. Now, we know the culture is a little different. You are Sarah's father. Okay? And this man I'm already married nervous, your, bro. I'm already nervous. <laughs> this man married your daughter Sir? and is packing bags and you say, "Abraham, where are you going? Where are you going to take where are you going to raise my my potential grandkids? Where are you going to Where are you going to like where are you going to be?" Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, sir. God told me. God told me it's going to be a blessing. It doesn't mean it's going to be an easy walk, but God told me it's going to be a blessing in the end. I don't know where I'm going. 
And in Hebrews 11, that's what I just turned to. That's what it says. I mean, verse 8 in Hebrews 11, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out uh, to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He didn't know. And it's like what I want to wrap around to is sometimes you gave that example of driving down a road and it's foggy. And as a Christian, sometimes the road is foggy. Sometimes the headlights are dim. Sometimes it's early mornings. But I know I'm making it to the destination. I know the ultimate destination. I might not know what the road looks like, and it might get a little bit shaky, but I know that at the Mm. end of the drive, I'm going to be home. I'm going to get there. Because God has promised us that. And he promised Abraham that. He just said, I'll show Mm. you the road as you go. Don't worry about the the GPS. I'm the GPS. You'll make it. You just go. Ooh. Well, you can't have me sweating over here with hypothetical <laughs> situations like that, bro. <laughs> Can you imagine? But think about that. So it says two things about two people. So it says about Abraham as a leader. Look, sir, I don't know, but I know that the Lord told me that things are going to be okay. And then it says something about early Sarai. Mm-hmm. She could have, well, I'm staying with my dad. You can't make me yeah. go. I'm staying with my family. You can't make me go. She followed him, no, bro. Sometimes went. we get on Sarah a little bit too much. Yeah. But right there, what if she didn't follow? Yeah. No, that's – and she called him Lord, and she, she just did it. She said, hey, I see your faith, and let's go. Can we take a time out real quick? Yeah. So as we talked about that, bro, so we got – let's get this side note. So when you look at people, when you look at, at um, again, potential – you know, when you talk about marriage, when you talk about dating, that's a great example right there. Because are you looking at dudes or girls' personality? Are you looking at, are they just like you? Are you looking at, uh, but are you looking at their faith? Can uh, that dude lead me? Exactly. Can she follow? See, that's big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. That That's hard because if we don't exercise faith, we're looking at, just like in John 7, well, he thinks about Christianity the same way I think about it. He's not going to mess things up. He's not going to rock the boat. Yeah. Hey, well, let me uh-huh. let me let me turn on that note about faith in a relationship, faith in a marriage, faith in a in a in a husband wife situation. First Peter three. Well, that's it. Yeah, there that's you go. Um, he talks about in verse one, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they might without a word be won by the conduct of their wives. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about that and say, oh, well, you know, basically the good deeds of one is going to cover the other. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying that they should be able to see your faith, and that's what converts them. Without a word, without you sitting there and and having a a formal Bible study, they see how you live your life, Mm. and that pushes them to a higher plane of faith. That's it. And I'm not saying that Sarah didn't have faith. That's not what I'm saying at all. But to see the faith of her husband. It had to have increased hers. It had to, because you got to think also at this time, like, it, it's not like they had the completed word. Right. And so God was maybe not as well known as he is today, the name of God at least. Right. So Abraham comes out of the field and he says, I heard a voice from the sky. I mean, you're, you're looking from the perspective of somebody else. This is what you hear when Abraham talks. Because mm. you might not know who God is, like, like Abraham does. I heard a voice from the sky and he told me to go and I'm going. And it's like, some people might look at that and say, you're crazy. And we gave the example of 
uh, Abraham's father-in-law, you know, or, or neighbor or anybody might look at Abraham's life and said, you were working in the field. You heard a voice from the sky and you're just going to go. going to go. But Sarah sees the conviction and she goes because without a word, he didn't have to sit there and explain Sarah. She just said, all right, let's go. Mm. She saw how much it meant to him. And that made it mean more to her. And no doubt, you know, not that she didn't have faith, but it, it definitely it had pushed that strength it. I mean, hers. had to. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. So let's keep going. This is so good, bro. So you see, this is not, as we talk and as we study the scriptures together, can you see how when you study and when you, when you want to get better, how this is not like fake excitement. Like we're really, no, bro, this is, this is great stuff as we learn to study and grow together. So as we talk about this, faith at times makes the road unclear. So I think about also, bro, um, Psalm 23. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. so look at this real quick. Let's go. Let's turn there quick. Let's go to Psalm 23. And and as we look at this, so remember, the road is unclear. So you think about Christ. Christ is our shepherd. So again, there's a great book. And remember, we studied this in school by Philip Keller, right? The, uh, a, a shepherd looks at Psalm 23. Uh-huh. And so it, it actually recounts a shepherd that actually talks about leading sheep to the destination and he mentions that sometimes when you lead sheep through the valley through dark times through rocks through divots through all that stuff they don't want to go but notice what david says bro this is crazy it's one word he leadeth or he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters right he restores my soul he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake how many times did he just say lead yeah Three times, three times he says, he leads me besides the still waters, right? He makes me to lie down, He le- or two times, he leads me in the path of righteousness. But then watch verse four. Yay, he's leading me. I don't understand where I'm going, but I'm going to keep walking. Yeah. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. So when you're exercising faith and people go away, what are you going to do? You got to keep walking. You exercise faith and you lose your job. Got to keep walking. Yeah. Exercise faith and you get fired for preaching faith. Got to keep walking. Mm. But you got to keep going, bro. That reminds me, you know, we've we've probably all heard this. I don't know what tomorrow holds, Mm. but I know who holds tomorrow. tomorrow. And so, you know, you see the psalmist in Psalm 23. He doesn't know every in and out of that valley. Of the shadow of death but he knows who's leading him he knows who has his hand he knows it's going to be all right mm. um, it's a beautiful I, image it man. is it's it, it really image. is it really is uh that's that's a great that's a great point and that goes back to sarah too yeah so think about her now abraham's not god but in a home situation abraham's leading yeah so think about sarah she didn't know where she was going either Mm-mm. so she said but even though i don't understand I'm going to follow Abraham because he follows God. Yeah. So just a quick note. And I always, cause I'm tired of seeing our, our young ladies, bro. You have friends. I've had friends that, you know, they get with the wrong guy. You always gotta, you always gotta Abigail who gets with somebody that's not good. Right. So as you ladies, as you're talking about, as we're talking about this, think about Sarah for a second. Think about how much confidence that that can give you. If you follow a man that follows God, there's no ultimate confidence in that because you might not know where you're going. You might not know how things are going to turn out, but you know, I know Avery's going to follow God. I might not get it right now. 
he might not he might not even know but he's following god so i'm gonna follow him that's a different that's a different type of confidence that 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 can bring you bro it's a it's a beautiful image right there in psalm 23 man so but here's i'm gonna play the as we call it the devil's ad about to start sweating again hold (laughs) up What happens when the so-called or supposed spiritual leader is not a spiritual leader? Mm. What happens when you have to be the one in First Peter who has to take the spiritual reins in the sense that you have to basically convert? What if, what if the, the roles are flipped? Abraham was called, but Sarah was the one that wants to go. What, what do you do? Because that's what we're talking about, the dark side of faith, when it's not always easy. Mm. We want it to be what you were talking about. We want it to be in a situation where you're both on track, you're both pointed towards heaven, and you're both on the same page. And sometimes it starts that way. And then like half a mile away from home, Abraham says, I want to go back. Mm. And Sarah Sarah has to say, no, you committed to this. Like you've got, she's got to basically on the road, recommit Abraham. Because that happens in a lot. In, it does. In my experiences, in a lot of Christian relationships, you both think you're on the same page. And you think you have those great thoughts that you want to have of, I know this person's going to follow God. Right. But what happens when they lose faith? What happens when they lose heart? Don't, don't. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, so big, oh, but that's, that's the definition of what we're talking about. Of oh, like the dark side, when things aren't clear. You're and that's go, when don't go you've got to go back to your faith and pull somebody else up. Oh, man. So, man th- there's all sorts of things oh, I can say man. about it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, dude. Sorry, but I had to. I had to do that. This is crazy. But that's the – again, as we look at this uh, – look at this example real quick, bro. So we were looking at this, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. Look at the book of Ruth. Um, Ruth chapter – Ruth four. So again, here's another great example of what you were talking about. So to, to break this down, to give a, a quick synopsis, you know, you got Ruth and Boaz. They're on the same level. They, they both see each other. Okay, great. This is awesome. Right. But then Ruth and Boaz find out that I'm not the nearest of kin. So another dude has right to you first before me. So think about the faith being tested right here. Yeah. So we both know that another dude has a right to you first. Well, we couldn't, you know what? Let's elope. (laughs) Forget the other dude. Let's go and do what we want to do because the love that we have for each other is so strong. Forget the law. But think about this. Boaz Boaz exercises faith. He said, no, we're not going to do that. What we're going to do tomorrow, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the gate and I'm going to talk to the guy. And I'm going to ask him, do you want Ruth? I'm going to do things the right way. But again, in that scenario, what if Ruth would have been like, or remember, because Naomi talked to Ruth. Mm -hmm. So what if Naomi and all her friends would have came up to Ruth? He's not moving mountains for you. He's not doing it. He really doesn't care like that. But bro over there, he cares. Why don't you go? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. But notice, this is what they said. So let's go to verse, um, uh, verse 15. So, and it shall be. So now this is right after they have this ceremony. So remember in order to exchange, they had to like take off their left shoe. It was, it was a weird. (laughs) So Boaz is coming home limping with no shoe on, right? We did it, right? I can have you now. So watch what, what the women said. Verse 15, and he shall be unto thee 
a restorer of your life. He will nourish you till you're old. And he will love you better than seven sons. But what if, as we're talking about, when the road got dark, what if we just would have did whatever we wanted to? Yeah. We wouldn't have this end result. So that's why with anything, sometimes you're going to start off on the same page. But when the clouds start getting dark, one of you might go back. So now as you as you talk about this, this is why faith is just it's it's paramount for the Christian. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have it, because storms will come. Right. And so when we don't have it, bro, we can fold. Exactly. And we don't want we don't want ourselves to fold and we don't want those around us to fold. You know, that example of Boaz and Ruth, it says a lot about their attention to detail, their concern about the law and stuff. But one thing I love to point out, uh, where was Ruth from? She was a Moabite. She was a Moabite. She was a Jewish proselyte. So she had been converted into Judaism. Yet, in such a short period of time, seemingly, four chapters. I mean, it's her whole life. Yeah. But it's four chapters. <laughs> her faith is put to the test many times. And so not only does Boaz have his own faith and it's strong. Ruth has her own faith and she's strong and she was a convert. Mm. And so sometimes we have these she situations the where, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She didn't grow <laughs> up in the church. So sometimes we have these situations uh, that our faith is put to the test and it's put to the test fast. Yeah. But she still shows and he still shows throughout the book their, mm. their commitment to God and their commitment to faith and their commitment to the law. Uh, and they were going to do things the right way. Mm. And, she was seemingly, you know, what we would call a new convert. Right. Um, but she still had enough faith. He still had enough faith to do things right. Oh, man, this is so as, as we're developing this, this idea, talking about the dark side of faith, this this is stuff that, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk about guarantees. This is stuff that can be guaranteed. I mean, take it to the bank. This stuff is going to happen if you exercise faith. So one, we looked at faith at times can make things more complicated. Two, as we develop this idea together, faith at times can make that road unclear. I mean, it's going to get foggy. Things are going to change. But what are we going to do when it changes? Hmm. And then number three, as we look at this, I think this is kind of a bow on, on the dark side of faith here. Sometimes even when you do all this, and let's say you're walking through, you've made this choice. Your road is unclear. Things are complicated. And you're working and you're working and you're trying your best. Tomorrow next month, next week, next year, you'll still have no answers. Mm -hmm. That's right there. And me, Percy, that's what kills That's what kills us too. You spend all this time, discipline, work, helping, serving, growing, discipline, work, helping, serve, over and over, year after year after year. And it just seems like you still have squat, no answers. Yeah. So what, So sometimes as we listen to God, and as we develop faith, even when we're doing what we're supposed to do and we're making it through these storms, we're making it through. Sometimes our answers are still, still not there. Look at this. Look at um, Psalm 22. I want to look at a couple examples of David here in the Psalms. So Psalm chapter 22 and verse number two, notice the attitude that David has. So as we talk about, we're walking through this, this time of faith and we don't have any answers. So look, look at how, and I love sometimes go through the book of Psalms and read the emotion. Don't read the page, read the emotion. So verse two, 
oh my God, as I'm walking through, things are complicated. The road's unclear. I cry out in the daytime, but you don't hear. Hmm. And in the night season, and not silent. But you're still holy, the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, so I need to do that too. So as you're walking through, you're almost going to have this battle between yourself. Yeah. Lord, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying. But I, I still, I got to keep, you, have, you almost have to convince yourself to keep going. Yeah. You know, it's like a, that inner conflict. I mean, man, hang on, <laughs> hang on. First Kings. Oh. First Kings chapter 19. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. I was going to go over to the New Testament. I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. First Kings 19. Um, so in chapter 18, Elijah goes against the prophets of Baal. Right. Uh, and there was 450. Um, there was actually over 800, but 450 is uh, the prophets of Baal specifically. Um, and he defeats the prophets of Baal. And that is a wonderful story. Chapter right. 18 is hilarious. If you don't think the Bible has comedy, when Elijah builds a, an altar and soaks it in water and then prays one prayer and it burns the altar, it eats, the, it burns the rocks and then takes all the water out of the trench. Meanwhile, the prophets of Baal have been crying from morning till night with their altar trying to get Baal to light it. And the whole time, Elijah's mocking them. Maybe he's on vacation. Yeah, he's like, maybe your God is asleep. Maybe he's on vacation. So you see like this spiritual giant. So he's like on cloud nine. He has just proven to everybody who the real God is. It worked out. But then chapter 19, Mm. verse 2, Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah. So that may the gods do to me like you did to the prophets of Baal. He killed them. More also, if I do not make your life as one of them by tomorrow. I'm coming to kill you. And so we see Elijah in verse 10. He says it multiple times. In fact, just drop down to verse 14. This is the last time he says it. Elijah in a prayer says, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They have thrown down your altars. They have killed your prophets with the sword. I even, I only am left and they seek my life to take it. See how quick things change. I, I am by myself. I have no answers, God. I was a spiritual giant one chapter ago for you. I've done the most. Like I have been out here working day and night, and now this wicked woman is coming to kill me. I am in. I'm in a rut. Mm. I'm the only one left, and they're coming to kill me too. And what we find throughout the rest of the story, uh, in verse number eighteen, God says, "Yet I will." Leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal. Every mouth has not kissed him. So Elijah's sitting there saying, I don't have any answers. Mm-hmm. I am by myself. And God says, you don't have the answers that you want. I have the answers. There's 7,000 in Israel that you haven't met yet, 7,000 being a fictional, you know, a, a, a number of completeness. Right. Because there's plenty of people out there. You just work on what you're doing. You don't need to have constant confirmation and reassurance of everybody's on my team. He said, I've got you. There's your answer. Your answer is go and do what I told you. Don't worry about who's bowing to Baal and who's not. You just do what I sent you to do. Oh, man. And as a Christian, sometimes we look around and we say, I'm the only one. And it's so hard 
and I need answers. God, why isn't things? Why aren't things easier? Why? Why am I not successful in my life? Why don't I have more friends? And God is saying the same thing to Elijah. Hmm. You don't focus on what everybody else is doing. That's right. There's plenty of people in this world that love me. You just go and do what I told you. You keep doing it. There's your answer. Like you don't need mm. the the questions you're asking are not what you need the answer to. Oh, I never even saw it that way. So yeah, 18, I mean, he was man, I got everything right. 19. Oh, yeah. oh man. Um have you ever played uh the game Sorry? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. So we we were playing that as a family the other night and the goal of Sorry is you got four pieces and you got to take each piece out and you have to pull a card to get out. So it's not like it takes forever to get out. Then when you do get out, you got to go around the board with all four pieces and then go back home. So, I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> Someone pulls a card, takes you. You got to start all the way. Then you get out again, start all. So that's what that's what it is sometimes in a Christian walk. Man, I feel like I've gotten so far, then yeah. get hit. Then you get out. All right, let me try again. Get hit. I mean, it's just saying it's like you get tired. Yeah. Because then Elijah now, let's go back to that text. Now, look at yeah, this. Yeah. So, remember, he just got hit. Mm-hmm. So, now he's like, all right, man, I just had a win. Now, after that win, now I'm by myself. But look at what God provides, bro. So, chapter 19. And then, uh, so, after verse 18, where he mentions that 7,000. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 19. So, he left. He listened to what God said. And who did he find? Elisha, yeah. <laughs> He found him who was plowing the 12 yoke of oxen and he was the 12th and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. And he said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow you. Isn't that the example from Luke? (laughs) So now Jesus said, look, so now think about this. So if you got two people following Christ, should it be a problem? Let me go, let me go do, let me go handle this first before we time out. Mm. Should it be a problem? But we justify, it, it shouldn't be a problem. If you got two people following God, it shouldn't be a problem. So notice what he said. Elijah, Elisha ran after Elijah and he said, let me go tell my mom and dad bye. And then I'm going with you. <laughs> Come on, man. So then look at this, verse 21. And he returned back. And he took that yoke of oxen and he slew them and he boiled up their flesh with the instruments of oxen and gave it to the people and they did eat. And he arose and he went after Elijah, but they've noticed what he did to him. He ministered unto him. Hmm. So chapter 18, that's a loss or that's a win. Chapter 19, that's a loss. But at the end of 19, I listen to what God says. Someone comes along and they help me. With the problem that I had before, yeah, bro, it's it's all the cycles right there, it, and that's that's a wonderful point. But even if in the earlier parts of nineteen, uh, in starting in verse number four, he went himself a day's journey into the wilderness. He came and sat down under the broom tree. He asked that he might die. That's it. So right he's there. like done with everything. I'm done. He says, "Is it enough, Lord? Uh, is it enough now, O Lord? Take my life, for I'm no better than my father's." But watch the very next verse. And he laid down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him, said, Arise and eat. Look, yep. I'm going to take care of you. You're, yep. you're, too, you're too tired. He looked, behold, there was a head of cake baked 
on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and, and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and said, eat again, get up. The whole time, so like, like the end of 19, the middle of 19, God was always sending help. But mm. Elijah couldn't see he couldn't the help. See it. He couldn't see the help. He, the angel was there literally ministering to him. And then Elijah ends up physically ministering to him as well. But throughout his, you know, basically his mental war with himself, <laughs> he says, nobody's, nobody's here. Nobody's. Nobody's here for me. The angel is here for you. Nobody's here for me. Elijah's here for you. Nobody's here for me. There's 7,000 in Israel. Like God's always kind of pushing him and saying, it's not as, as dim as you think it is. People, oh, we do have you. You are taken care of. And so even though, and today as Christians, even though seemingly we're the only ones, we're, and it's hard and it's tough, and there are dark sides to faith. Right. At the end of the day, it's all right. It's all right. God's got, got you. You yeah. know, we know the end of the story. Um, now, when, I'll let you speak, and then I want to make a point out of 1 Corinthians. I'm, I'm just like, there's okay. so many things in my head right now. I know. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's go back to Psalms real quick, and then we'll get, we'll hit what you were talking about. But again, let's let's keep this idea because I think this is what is going to match with what you're talking about here. So um, Psalm 28, um, verse number one. Again, so we just mentioned uh, Psalm 22, but in chapter 28, notice again the emotion that David's feeling here. Hear the voice of my supplication. Same thing Elijah was doing, mm -hmm. right? Hear the voice of my supplication when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy oracle. So again, sometimes we ask for the answer. We might not necessarily get it when we ask for it. So then one more, and then we'll hit yours. Uh, Psalm 83. Psalm 83, um, verse number one. Make sure that's the right text. Yes. Oh, so now this is Asaph. And notice he's saying, keep not thou silent, O God. Mm. God, please. Some, have you ever caught yourself? <laughs> I can't. Not, I don't. I just need something. Yeah. I, something. You know, sometimes we're, we're, we're so desperate for something that instead of waiting for the whole meal, just give me some crumbs. Yeah. I, I need something, right? I need something. Keep not silent, O God. Hold not your peace. Don't be still. Like, can you move, please? Uh, we need something. So sometimes I think that's a natural part, honestly, of this of this process. The natural human side is, Lord, I just need something. Yeah, I need. I, I, give me a sign. Give me a something. Something. Yeah. Give me something. But what that something is, sometimes we spend too much time looking for a sign, looking mm -hmm. for. So think about this. Sometimes when we when we're in that state, sometimes what we'll do. Man, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. So let me go over here. Let me be with that. Let me go over here. Let me talk to them. Let me be with him. Let me be with her. So the grass is greener on the other side because obviously here I'm not getting nothing. But I, I heard this the other day. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water where you it. you water it. Yes, sir. So your faith, you know, so many times we can, we can faith hop. Uh-huh. So you know what? I'll spend some time with Avery. But it got hard. Hop to that. Hop to this one. We can faith hop. So instead of, well, water it, water your grass where it is. Water it right now. And he's saying here, look, I need something, man. I need mm -hmm. some type of answer. 
I know you got some right there in first I, case. I do, I do. I do. <laughs> you were talking about how we're looking for something, looking for an answer, and we, we seemingly feel like we don't have the answers, that faith at times gives you no answers. That's, yeah. that's the point. Verse 11 of 1 Kings 19. <laughs> he said, Go and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it into pieces and broke the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. Mm. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And Elijah heard it. He wrapped his face in, in a cloak and his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? So Elijah was looking for the answer. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, God, give me a sign. Why, is it thing, why aren't things working out for me? And he said, I need something big. I need something big to change my life right now. And it was the subtlety of the low, small voice, the, the whisper. That's where God was found. And sometimes as a Christian, when we're looking for the answers and, and things don't make sense and things aren't clicking and we are begging, the answer was there the whole time. But we're looking for a bigger... But we're looking for something else. Yeah. And we're not looking in the place where we need to look. We have the answer, man. It's the Bible. We have the comfort. We have the same comfort the psalmist had. We have the same comfort Elijah had. We have the same comfort the prophets and Paul. And, and we have the same exact God today that they had. Hmm. We have that same thing. But we look for comfort in everything else. And sometimes the comfort comes in forms of knowing that my brother is walking with me. Yeah. But sometimes I don't have my brother walking with me. Sometimes it's not in the earthquakes. Sometimes it's not in the, the community of what should be your, your support system of Christians. Right. Sometimes all you got is God, but that's enough. That's enough. And oh. sometimes people are looking in the wrong place, but God was in the place where he least, Elijah at least expected him, which was the small voice, not the great giant right. thing. So, okay, so going back to that example, so now think about Naaman. Mm. So <laughs> can I go wash over there? Let me go wash in the rivers of far apart. They're way much. They're way better than the Jordan River. But the little maid said, "You know, you need to go wash in that river." Yeah. The prophet said, "Wash in that river." So he was looking for a sign that was. I thought the prophet would come out and say some big thing. I thought some great thing would happen. Nope, just dip seven times. Mm-hmm. That's what he said, verse 11. That's it. Uh, 2 Kings uh, 5. But Naaman was angry. He went away saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come uh, out and, and stand and call upon the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the place and cure the leprosy. So, Avery, you're telling me it's not going to work out like the movies? No. That's what we it's started gonna, it's with. It's not going to work like, out like the that? The first thing I said was that it's not a fairy tale. And I'm not trying to be mean or rude or burst any bubbles, but there is a... a, a need for realism realism and that's what it is and that's why i see a lot of young people leaving the church is because they they have been you know given this fairy tale you know that everything's going to be all right everything's going to be perfect when things are hard it won't be hard long somebody's always going to be there to pick you back up sometimes you got to pick yourself back you're up. always going to win you're never going to get l's you're never yeah. going to oh there's a lot of there's them. a lot of yeah. l's <laughs> yeah sure thing sure thing oh man so now, okay, so as we look at this, I, I think we really answered this. So talking about the dark side of faith, faith at times can make things more complicated. Faith at times can make the road unclear. 
three faith at times can give you no answers. But that example in First Kings 19 gave us the answer. Even though that's the case, for Elijah just lived all these three points we just talked about. Yeah, really. But he kept going, and the Lord provided. Mm-hmm. So know this. You can either go short-term or long-term. I, I heard someone always say, in life, you can play the short game or the long game. Most people play the short game. Short game is, if you feel this way, I need a new feeling. I need a new something. I need new something. That's the short game. And most likely, in the short game, you, you if you work hard enough, you'll get what you want. 100%. You'll get what you want in the short game. Long game. So when you think about faith, okay, I might not have what I want right now, but I'm walking with the Lord and I know he's going to provide. Hebrews chapter 11, right? Verse 6. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have faith, you know, you need to come to him and believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, only seek him when things are hard. Seek him through all times. Right. So, I mean, if we just keep trying, we got to keep getting up, keep moving forward, keep trying, and the Lord will help us. Yeah, he will. But he just requires us, just don't give up. That's how. That's really how simple it is if you think about yeah. it. Just, just don't give up. You'll fall. You're not perfect, but just don't give up. That that's that hits the nail on the head. Um, I love the example of short term versus long term, because especially in our culture, and I'm not going to get off on a huge, <laughs> you know, discussion about our culture, but we live in a me society and yeah. a now society, um, and so we're so we expect instant gratification, instant reward. And we feel like if, you know, as a millennial or as a Gen Z, I've been in a job for six months. I haven't gotten a raise yet. I hate this job. I quit, you know, and that's how we, we that brings over that's into we, our faith. Oh, man. Um, but I love in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is speaking to people who are about to be persecuted. That Corinth wasn't as bad as some places. Like Jerusalem was heavily persecuted. Corinth wasn't as bad, but they were still getting their fair share of persecution. Right. That's why in chapter 7 he talks about, you know, given this present distress, it might not be good to rush into marriage right now. So they were going through some persecution. And Paul gives them comfort, but not in the way you might think. He doesn't give them short-term comfort. He doesn't say you're not going to be persecuted. Yeah. He says in uh, verse number 53, this perishable, this perishable body must put on the imperishable. This mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, here's your reward. When the mortal puts on the immortality, then it shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of sin is, uh, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing this. That's it. That in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. That's it right there. That's the answer. The Corinthians' immediate reaction to this verse could have been, what do you mean it, it, it's profitable? So what we do you we mean? gotta keep doing this? <laughs> what do you mean that my labor is not in vain? My, my best friend just went to prison yesterday because he was praying. You know, or we, but he said, no, the end of it all, that's the answer that you, that you need. Uh, and I love how he brought it back to earth in verse 58. Yeah. He said, but until then, you be steadfast. You be unmovable. And here's our answer too. So whenever things get hard, sometimes we stop doing what we know we should do. Mm-hmm. So Paul says, you keep doing the work 
yeah. of the Lord. So when here's here's the answer. The answer, like you said, the answer is right here. When when your when your road is dark right now as a young person, and not just young folks. I mean everybody. When your road is dark, when your road's unclear, when you have no answers, you keep doing the work of the Lord. That that's what you do know. Mm -hmm. All these other things you don't know, but what you do know is that okay, I might have took an L. Okay, this might have happened. Okay, okay, but even though that happened, let me keep serving. Let me keep growing. Let me keep developing. Let me keep teaching. Mm -hmm. Let me keep evangelizing. Yeah. Whatever happens for everybody else, it happens. But I gotta stay right here. Right. I gotta keep. You gotta keep working. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that. Also, the answer is found within mm-hmm. because he has to. You have to. You know have to know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. <sighs> not that people are going to reassure you of that. That's right. That it's always going to be okay. Not that you're going to have a support system. But you just keep working, put your nose to the grindstone, because in the back of your mind, every time you are imprisoned or, you know, perishing, back to Revelation 2.10, going through that tribulation, going through that imprisonment, at the end of the day, I know it's worth it. Mm. Sometimes it might not feel it, and I've got to, like, be a self-starter, and I've got to re have, have this conversation with myself again and reassure myself mentally, it isn't in vain. That's it isn't right. in vain. But at the end of the day, the answer is right there. That's know? it. So as we close, right here, as we're sitting here in my office, there's a there's a picture that my mom gave me on the on the board, and it says challenge. And all this is challenge. That this is what it is. And that picture says winners must have two things: definite goals and a burning desire to achieve them. So if your desire to achieve this goal is burning. And again, like Avery said, it, this is not in a mean or arrogant way, but nothing's going to stop you. Yeah. Nothing stopped Elijah. Now he wanted to quit, yeah. but nothing really stopped him. No. Nothing's going to stop you. So the dark side of faith. Oh man, this is, yeah. this was needed, man. This was so, this was so great, man. Uh, this was amazing. Hey, I have enjoyed it. Let me, let me say one last yeah, thing. Yeah. As, as a bit of comfort there to the go. end of this subject. Despite the struggles that we face, despite the the answers that we seemingly don't get, despite the road being unclear, despite faith sometimes making our life inconvenient, going back to the examples that we've given, mm. we still have it better than them. Oh. <laughs> this is still, even though it seems like it's it's really rough, we're, go- we're now in 2022. This is the best year to be a Christian. That's it. Today is the best day to be a Christian. You're not living in the first century. You're not being physically persecuted, at least in this country, the same way that they were. Yeah. So it goes back to my, you know, my mind. I go back to, to Paul when he talks about being in prison and beaten and all stoned. And he goes, for this light affliction. And Paul called that a light Just affliction. Just for a moment. So what is ours? Is it even like featherweight? <laughs> I mean, what what's the so I want you to understand that wow. it seems insurmountable at times, but if they did it, you can do it. Mm. If they did it, you can do it. If if Paul did it, if John the Baptizer did it, if Elijah did it, 
if the psalmist did it, some of those examples we looked at, if Ruth and Boaz did it, then you can too. You can do it too. So let's go to work. Yeah, man. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's go to work. Let's we got to go to work. Man, I appreciate Avery being on. I don't think this is going to be the last time because this was so great. We're probably going to have to do this again. I had a lot of fun. We're going to have, we're going to, have to do this again. So Absolutely. thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for um, having me. Avery, I – I didn't tell you this before, but at times, um, you know, after the podcast, you know, obviously, um, you know, if they have questions, you know, people have chatted on the Facebook page or sent me DMs or whatever it is. So, um, you know, maybe your social media or maybe the church's stuff um, kind of plug that. So if they want to get in contact with you, um, yeah, they can do that. Absolutely. You can always uh, go on our website, our church website, ArnoldChurchOfChrist.org uh, and get in touch with me, with me personally through that. Also, I have an Instagram, Avery Hackney. I think it's Avery Aves. <laughs> I think I think it is. <laughs> I don't know my Instagram name, but you can look me up at, at you know Avery Hackney uh, and contact me through that. And all my information is on the church website, ArnoldChurchChrist.org. Uh, that way, if you wanted to send an email to the office or get in touch with my personal email there, um, I would love to have studies with anybody in the St. Louis area or you know answer any questions. You can give me a shout out on the email. I'll send you my phone number and all that good stuff. And love to study with anybody. Awesome. I appreciate it, Avery. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for your support. You know, we've grown tremendously and we built this family here and I just appreciate everything that you guys have done to support and share the podcast. So Lord willing, uh, we will be back on Monday with another podcast. I think we'll have a Cole Bennett on. Oh, Cole. Oh, Cole. So we'll, we'll talk about some stuff on Monday. Um, so I appreciate it. And we'll see you guys on Monday, Lord willing. Thanks guys.